0: Hey, happy Thursday everyone and welcome back to the i5 Corridors Traffic Report. Tyson Alger here joined by Shane Hoffman. Thank you for listening to us either on Substack, iTunes, Spotify, or if you're watching us here on YouTube. Any idea what we might be talking about this week? No idea. No idea? Clueless. Is there a football there's there's a pretty uh, big football
1: game. Yeah, the one in Corvallis.
0: Yeah. Actually <laughs> that that's I feel I feel bad for the Beavers this week because they do have their own top twenty-five matchup against UCLA, but Top 10 matchup in Seattle, first time in 115 tries. Game day is going to be there. I still can't believe that. It's it's pretty unbelievable, For right? For two
1: teams that have had the peaks that they've had.
0: I was thinking about that this morning, too, and I feel like some of the hype from the last six years of Oregon-Washington games, you would have thought that maybe there was a top 10 one in there, but it was either one team upsetting the other or a kind of a near miss. There. Right,
1: right. Well, I had forgotten, too, 2018, I had forgotten how high... And the Huskies were ranked, but it was just Oregon wasn't because they had lost that Stanford game right before it.
0: Yeah. Oh man, that Stanford game. Poor Mario. Great he, he, segue. Yeah, he's been really dragged through it. You can read my column on a uh, I five quarter this week where I kind of go to bat a little bit for Mario Cristobal. Um kind of an uphill take for me. I've
1: not that you defended his game management. No,
0: no, that was that was the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen on a football field. But
1: you saw the video too of Alex Mirabal twice going up to him and trying to
0: At, him a... and that's such a tough look too especially with the fact that Miraball is such a small dude and it's like big brutish Mario Cristobal ignoring him um, the greatest look anyways it is Thursday of Washington week it looks like it's Washington week outside this weather's been absolutely uh, putrid the last few days it was it was raining buckets yesterday Yeah. Um, so we're gonna have a fun little football game on Saturday Shane um, before we get in that just how are you doing? How's life?
1: You know, it's been better. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, I'm just just plugging along. I uh, got a busy weekend covering three games the next three days. Um, one of those one of those weekends that you hear about when you're getting into the industry of how you will maybe spend some of your weekends when you grow up right. a little bit. But, you know, I, I think I am pretty good usually about getting out and escaping on the weekends, so I don't mind that I have three days of games.
0: What is the challenge for you in... One thing that I think a lot of um, students who go to, like, a big football school program, I think you, they get a little spoiled early on of, mm. um, I mean, you basically got to work in, like, a pretty world-class press box for, yeah. for three or four years, and then now I'm thinking that you're going to be on the sidelines or in a press box for a high school game. What, what, what's kind of the, the difference there for you?
1: Well, I mean, the biggest difference is just, like, there's so much more to do. I don't think it's very conductive towards the type of writing I like to do. Uh, I spend a lot of time just writing numbers and making sure that I have all three. It's stats so hard. Down. It's it's the hardest thing for me isn't like the like doing it as much as just like making sure I don't miss a single play. Yeah, and then it's like I I, I there's some people out there that are really good. at, They do that while they're live tweeting and taking photos, and then they get like two players and a coach from each team afterwards. I'm just it's not
0: you're, you're, my look, thing. you're looking for like something that you can like use four hundred words of introduction on to yeah, like lead you into exactly. like the one coach quote. I re- I remember um when Thomas Tyner rushed for his seven hundred yard game, his high school record setting one. That was a tough one. The Oregonian had Andrew Thien fill in that night, who was not a sports reporter. It was his first high school game he ever had to cover. Um, Nightmare, and I think he ended up being off by like three or four yards, which is pretty impressive for bad. um a game where. <laughs> but his his dad used to call in and ask for corrections if we were off by like two or three yards. Like he, he was taking like the stats. That's run. the other thing too.
1: Is that it's it's no one's going to get it perfect, but there's going to be people that want it perfect, and that's the frustrating thing. Um, but no, I. I did a Westland game a few weeks ago, and I actually did sit in the press box, which like, no one does, but I kind of liked the calm; and I could just focus on taking the stats down. That being said, I'm excited to return to Husky Stadium, where I was uh, two years ago for that Mario game that you <laughs> alluded to in your column. Pretty cool stadium, all yeah. things considered, and I also have never seen it like jumping the way I would imagine it's going to be on Saturday. It was
0: a pretty... Okay crowd the last time. Am I remembering that right?
1: It was okay, but it was... Because Washington
0: wasn't great.
1: They weren't great, but it was raining heavy. Right. I remember it being pretty thin. It was cold, too. It was,
0: it was cold, and I'm mixing a couple memories, too, because I forget that I went up last year for Oregon State-Washington, and that was a game. The Huskies won that game. It wasn't impressive. There mm-hmm. wasn't that many people in the stands, and that's when I wrote um A column that was, "Hey Washington, you need to hold up your end of the bargain." Here. And ever since then, and ever since then, they've been a wagon. Uh They and they have the second
1: second longest win streak in America behind only Georgia.
0: Oh, nice, nice stat, yeah. there, stat man. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to to this environment because the 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 monster game that I've covered in this rivalry, which was the 2018, no. Yeah, the twenty eighteen game when it was number seven Washington and number twenty Oregon, it was the like the biggest win of the Crystal Ball era at mm. that time. Ottson uh, was awesome for like that. 17, yeah, Ottson a- was absolutely awesome for that game. But I I still don't think I've seen Husky Stadium at its like full no. full potential yet. I've also never been a warm in that stadium. It's
1: no, I got um well, I learned my lesson last year or two years ago. I got gloves this time. Yeah. Uh, you know cut the fingers off i'll be up there with those probably gripping a, a warm coffee
0: i remember last ye- high up, last you know? last year at the game i i just went for the straight i'm going to be warm so i like had a sweatshirt with like a flannel on top right. of it and i think bill Orham greeted me as uh do i need directions to my non house <laughs>
1: are you uh, are you doing the game day thing at all
0: uh, I thought about it, so we're gonna go up Friday night, just because I don't want to deal. With, it's a twelve thirty kick, and I don't want to have to deal with like the getting, smart move. Yeah,
1: what I so, should probably be. doing. So
0: there's there's part of me that um, I'm, gonna, I, I'm gonna
1: roll in the press box at like noon.
0: I've still never done like the like the embed with game day thing, even yeah. when it's been on Eugene. I think it's a little bit of an over covered thing, and I also think so too. also like. I don't need to give Pat McAfee any extra... <laughs> no. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't quite like that show like I used to. Um, that being said, I think it would be cool to spend, like, that time and just to, to see, like, what the Washington campus is like for something like that. I haven't really spent a whole lot of time on the UW it's campus. really Like, nice. outside of... Uh, I,
1: I visited there uh, when I was deciding where I was going to go to school, um, but they just didn't have, like, no one was there to, like, show us around. It was just <laughs> not as a receptive of an invite or welcoming as some other places were, but it's, it's...
0: Was this all on the same trip as when you yeah, came and checked out Oregon? Oregon
1: and some other smaller schools.
0: That's that's funny. That's kind of how I ended up at Montana, too. Yeah. Like, we were doing, like, a swing of... We checked out Eastern Washington, I think Idaho. Mm-hmm. Not as prestigious, as prestigious as you, obviously. Right. Um, Oregon's so prestigious. But, I, but when I went to Montana, we kind of just showed up, mm-hmm. and, like, we were walking through the J School and ran into this professor, um, Keith Graham. Yeah. And he was what are you guys doing here? Oh, we came here from Alaska. We didn't get a tour. We're, and he showed us around campus for like six hours that wow. day. And like... Dude,
1: I had what, a similar experience, not to that level. But yeah, like it, that changes your whole viewpoint. Yeah. Something.
0: So like when uh, when coaches talk about like being good recruiters and stuff like that, like I actually believe that a little bit. Because yeah. like doing like certain things can can make a difference. And unfortunately, no one was offering me full ride scholarships and, and photo shoots. So.
1: That's probably one way we could look at actually talking about this game is, like, the recruiting side of it. Because all of a sudden, we don't really talk about recruiting much, but Oregon is one of the hottest teams in the nation in terms of recruiting. Now they got um, Gus Carverland uh, right after that Colorado game. I think he's the number two defensive lineman in the 25, 25 class. Um, Elijah Rushing, another five-star, just decommitted from – Arizona. And Co- so coincidentally Arizona, right incident, after a, right. a
0: visit from Tosh Upoi.
1: Um Looking like Oregon for him and then all of a sudden this Aiden Breland kid another five-star defensive lineman is going to commit right before this game starts on Saturday. It feels like the biggest game of Dan Lenning's tenure so far. I think it is for all intents and purposes and I think again it's another thing where it's like if they win it's probably more about what happens in the future almost than what happens right away although if they win you look ahead everything's in front of them because they have Trojans, Beavers and Cougars all at home and all of a sudden without Cam Rising a trip to Utah doesn't seem that daunting anymore
0: i'm going to go like full Bill Simmons podcast here and compare this this Oregon team feels like the first uh Celtics team with Tatum and Brown that like unexpectedly made the finals mm-hmm. like it they weren't quite like that wasn't really the scheduled year for them yet. Right. You know, they were building the pieces, they were getting that momentum, but then all of a sudden they got into it. It was like, oh shoot! Like here we. I, I feel like this might be like if Oregon wins this game, it might be kind of going down that path because yeah. I I do think that even though it does seem like this is a peaking year for Oregon because they do have a Bo Nix at quarterback, Bo Bo Nix isn't. Um, I don't think the Bo Nix era is the the polished. No Oregon team that Dan Landing wants to build. I th- I think that it's made this version of Oregon better than it should be, but I think they're still kind of gearing towards something. And especially as you go into the Big Ten, I'm I'm really interested to see how the kind of recruiting battles between Oregon and Washington kind of mm-hmm. uh, play out as we move forward. Because for the longest time, it's kind of felt like that it's more Oregon and USC as bigger rivals. But now that you kind of like get rid of some of the auxiliary stuff, and it's it's still going to be USC, yeah. but Washington is gonna, you know, everyone's gotta gonna have the money to go see that kid one extra time. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No, and I liked your point about you know, thank maybe, you. Maybe at, at quarterback, Bo Nix, you know, a Heisman contender. That's like you could look at that as it's peaking there. But again, like you look across the roster, and there's some really good players and some good position groups. But I don't think you could look at that and say this is this is what the best. Dan Lanning-led blank room will look like because I think this is not really close to ceiling yet. Whereas I look at this Washington team, and I do kind of wonder if, not that this is an anomaly or a blip, but like it looks like they could lose their offensive coordinator, Panics is going to be gone, three receivers. It's just interesting to look at I
0: almost feel... I went on with... um, Danny and Christian this morning on their say say who can you or, say who say pod I'm so sorry guys uh, say who <laughs> say pod and Christian had asked me what he thought Oregon fans viewed Washington as mm. and and it was kind of tough to answer because I I kind of feel like. I feel like there's more of a mutual respect there than there might have used to have been, like at least during the crystal ball era when it was like the academically prowess yeah. and all that. But I do think Oregon kind of views Washington as playing catch up a little bit to at least what the Ducks have done within the last like right. 10 years or so. And even though it's been balanced the last six where Washington has gotten uh, one really triumphant win over the Ducks, the the 70-pointer, uh, but it's just... Well,
1: if you take think about this, if you take out that Bo Nix injury last year, if a few minor plays go differently, I know you can do this with a lot of games. Yeah, but if you take that out and Oregon wins that game last year, I think there's significantly less oomph behind this game. Now the rankings don't lie, right? It's it would still have the billing it does now to a certain extent, but I think a lot of this is just about like Oregon's got. To, got to get back here and and get theirs, you know?
0: This might be one of those things that actually, like, means absolutely nothing, but I, I wonder how much Washington winning that game last year and establishing itself as, hey, here's this team in a major city in this country that is coming alive. I wonder how much that specific win and asserting itself as better than Oregon last year what percentage that played into their Big Ten candidacy of just, mm-hmm. Hey, there are two viable programs here because I don't think you're going to take one Oregon or Washington without the other. They're kind of, they're kind of paired there. And you've seen that in, in the rival the protected rivalry games in the Big Ten. Yeah. But I wonder if, if one of those programs was really dragging along, is it as, as attractive of a ad to, I mean, granted at, at this point, it seems like all these conferences wanted to add regardless. Right. Um, but, but I think
1: that's a great, another good point. Cause I, I Big city, surging brand, new coach, Heisman contending. They play fun football, which is usually it means it's offensive yeah. and high flying. Um. Yeah, I. I almost. Uh, what I, I'm curious because we can we can do like the the predictions, but do you have like a sense of, is is there. Is it skewed one way or the other for you in terms of who wins this game? Like it's it's much better or worse for one program? Does that make sense?
0: I th- Man, that's an interesting one.
1: Because there's, some, there's Be- a chart that came out that showed the probability of with win or with loss of making the Pac-12 championship game based off this game. And this was like the biggest deciding game of the rest of the Pac-12 slate, I believe. But I'm curious if you have any kind of take on that.
0: In, in a sense, you would think that there's not a whole lot for Oregon to lose. Like, if you're being logical about this game. Underdogs because they're the underdogs on the road yeah. to a team that they lost to last year. Um, but that also, that's part of why there's a lot riding on this mm-hmm. game as well, too. Because, again, as I, I wrote on Monday, and this stat is kind of jarring. Mario Cristobal was 8-0 and against Washington, USC, and UCLA. He was 3-0 against Washington.
1: And a lot of them were... Yeah, Murders. like yeah.
0: yeah, like that. Like that guy isn't good at certain things, but like he was pretty darn good at like getting his team ready to play yeah. like against the rivals. And yeah, that might have been part of the roster that he had. It helped having Justin Herbert mm-hmm. in two of those games. Um mm, Yeah,
1: because another thing I was thinking about uh, about with with the surge that Washington's going on, and I might write about this a little bit in the piece I'm writing this week, but. If you look back at last year, so there's, they're on this twelve-game win streak right now, and I think win streaks between seasons is kind of a dumb stat yeah. sometimes. That being said, you look back,
0: <laughs> we yeah, like some guy who's now like a dentist is right, yeah, like <laughs> was the guy quarterback for...
1: Um so you, you look back though. Washington had lost forty-five to thirty-eight to ASU, and then they go up, or they were up in Seattle, and then uh, the Beavers go up and they beat the Beavers, who at that time, I think the Beavers were. Under them in the rankings. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, was, it wasn't it was a huge win either way. It was like, okay, they got it done. It wasn't pretty. Then they beat Oregon the next week, I think. And then... Whoosh. And that was the game that they weren't supposed to win because Oregon was number six at that point. Washington had fallen to 25, I believe. And then ever since then, I, I just think there's something interesting about like that Oregon win. That is kind of the game you look at in terms of what kicked this ascent off.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, it was that was kind of the arrival. I, I think that's always kind of the case when you have a new coach mm-hmm. and like a new quarterback and it, like uh, it's hard to say like non-traditional team, but just like a team that's not a, uh, expected to, mm-hmm. to be at that point this year. And that's also where, where I think, I think in terms of what you can gain from this game, everyone knows who Dan Lanning is at, at, this point, yeah. whether it was from the Colorado thing, whether it was from smoking cigars after uh, the recruiting stuff, or the fact that he's the coach of the number eight team in the country with a lot of stats that are pointing towards they should actually be better than that. So
1: I'll, I'll go over a few in a second. You will. Yeah. Stop, man!
0: Um, but he's got to beat Washington, man. Like, you, you, you got to beat your rivals, You, and especially when these rivalry games are going to be what decides who potentially gets trophies and who potentially gets... Um, births into something greater than that and so if i think there's a lot of people who are just waiting to be able to crown not crown landing but there's a lot of things that are pointing towards this guy might be that dude Mm -hmm. and this is the one thing that he's missing so far is like this this type of win because especially
1: the way that they lost to washington and Oregon state last year
0: absolutely absolutely
1: both were I mean, the Oregon State one, I think it's almost been forgotten how brutal that was.
0: Yeah, well, so that, that was kind of part of... Another thing I talked about with those guys this morning is they asked, you know, just how much is Oregon harboring resentment towards how the game ended last year? And I think that that was kind of dampened down quite a bit by the fact of how that Oregon State game ended yeah. a couple of weeks after because it was just like a... Like a two week just collapse of that entire right. Team. I think you
1: look at it more now in terms of just that the way that that season. I know they actually they went out on a high note. I would say with the UNC win and the way that they pulled that off, kind of opposite to how they had they, right. they finally finished, but they didn't finish those games. And so you look back on that, and that's I think I just remember it as a season ending kind of lull rather than just one game or the other. Um, numbers.
0: Yeah, let's let's. I asked. Uh, we were texting this morning and. I asked, Shane said he found some good numbers, and yeah. I said I'd give you about There's a, 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 a minute-long minute segment here. You can expand if need be, but Okay. I also didn't want to put, like, too much pressure on you here.
1: Well, so last week...
0: If we were being fancy, we would, like, do, like, a graphic I up know. on the world. We'll work on the that. the YouTube, but...
1: Maybe uh, for the Big Ten. Money. Yeah, you
0: know, we'll wait till we get a, that Big Ten money. Right. It's coming. Need. Yeah. Um, I gotta get a couple more Shanes. <laughs> so there was a lot of
1: numbers last week that happened, or that came out during the bye week. Um, so I pulled some from this week that still stand given that other teams played games last week and okay. Oregon didn't, um, kind of all over the board here. So I'll just go yeah. and you just, just, just go. Give me, a me step. some quick hitters. Give me a step. Okay. Toughest upcoming schedule among AP top 10 teams. Oregon's number two in the nation behind USC. Um, their upcoming opponents have a 0.718 winning percentage. Not a shocker at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Oregon and Georgia are now the only two teams in the nation that are top 10 in both scoring offense and defense.
0: That's such a funny one to compare the two. Super funny. Because Georgia. Georgia. Um, for so <laughs> many reasons. Uh, there's some interesting
1: some interesting running, running ones that I want to get into because I think it's actually going to be pertinent for this weekend. Okay. So the top 14 FBS teams um, this season that have gained four plus yards. On 50% of rushing plays. 50% plus. Four plus yards on 50 plus percent rushing plays. You got all that. There's your... there's 14 of those teams. Okay. I, I set that up badly. Mm-hmm. Oregon has the highest percentage at 57.9%. So, so
0: so 57% of their runs go for four or more yards.
1: Yes, and that's the highest in the nation. That's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, When it comes to the top 10 most efficient ex- explosive running games and also a f- top 10 most... um, Sorry... I should have prepared better. Yeah, you should. Top ten you, most you, explosive. You sound
0: like that Fox graphic I, looks. Yeah, like, yeah, that was horrendous. I saw that.
1: Let me try that again. Yeah, this is this is why I don't do numbers very often because it's just mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, that of the top ten most efficient run games and the top ten most explosive run games, Oregon and SDSU are the only two in the top ten in both categories. Okay. So efficient. So not all, also So not only
0: are they breaking big runs, but they're breaking good runs often.
1: Often. 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 One could say. The most
0: in the nation. Wow, like number one.
1: Number one. Number one, okay. Anyways, uh, let's go to some defense. So of the most improved scoring defenses from last year to this year, Oregon is number four with a 15.6 uh, point difference on average per game. And
0: they're, they're allowing like 11.8
1: points per game, I believe. Something like that. They are number four in the nation – Allowing a uh, four point zero yards per play defensively.
0: Man, that's that's still what I get hung up on, and I know we talked about this a little bit last week. Is this again? The stats are all there. Yeah. Just I I just need to see it a little bit too. Yeah, because
1: they're still the, haven't played anyone.
0: But each week, some of those teams look a little bit better in retrospect. Like mm-hmm. for instance, Colorado put up a fair amount of points on USC. Right. Uh, Who, <laughs> I Granted, that was two weeks ago. Also, But then again, Colorado kind of just barely got by Arizona State.
1: Well, USC barely got by Arizona. True, true. Yeah. It's the, yeah, these are why the, I these are, love doing it. Yeah. But it's interesting because all these categories. The, I mean, the big takeaway here is just simply that no matter how good they are or how elite they are to what level, Oregon is playing the most complimentary football it's played since. Take it away.
0: I I can't remember one that's been like this balanced because even even in like Oregon's like elite years, the offense was that much better than right. than the defense. So and
1: it still could be. Yeah,
0: it, 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 yeah, that's that's a good point.
1: But on offense, you have the balance with the pass and the run. On defense, you also have a balance where they're really good at against the pass, and they haven't been. Very bad against the run because usually it's kind of one or the other almost.
0: It is funny that they are averaging like fifty-eight points per game or something stupid like that. Yeah, but That's, it helps
1: that they put up eighty-one.
0: That yeah, it does help.
1: They're also. Um, Third in the nation in middle eight scoring differential, so that's the. Oh, I I like that's the four minutes before the half. That's when you get into like real
0: nerdy football stuff, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then just to top it off, number two in the nation behind Oklahoma in relative scoring margin.
0: Uh, I looked one up this morning too to add, and I don't have it right in front of me, but I was just looking up how often opponents were converting third downs on the Ducks last year, and it was like forty-eight percent. Yes, and I think this year it's down to thirty-four or thirty-five. Yeah. Meanwhile which, I which, was just still, which is which still feels a little bit too high, but
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That 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 was just something that we were like really like honing in on like the first like three weeks of the season when you're still kind of like mopping up last year's narratives. Mm-hmm. And it was just like okay, they're being a little bit better situationally and they're tackling better.
1: Tackling is the big one here. I oh, do,
0: do we have a stat for that?
1: I don't, but I was on the phone with a former Oregon player yesterday, oh, two days ago. Oh, now, look at you. And he said that's the biggest difference he notices is just the tackling, and it's a simple one, but it plays a role in all those statistics because you can imagine. I mean, it started with Georgia last year. They were just getting torn to shreds by um, yards after the catch. On the flip side, Washington's numbers don't look as balanced. Um,
0: they like to pass the ball.
1: They like to pass the ball, and they aren't particularly great at getting off the field in third-down situations, getting much pressure against opposing passing offenses this year. So we've talked a lot about this game and different angles, and now I want to know...
0: Thirty-one twenty-eight, Oregon. Wow. Yeah. Thirty-one
1: twenty-eight. Okay. Can you give me some logic behind that, or is that just gut feeling.
0: Mm. Last year was what? 38-31? 37-34. 37-34. So in the 30s. Weather's going to be bad, I think. So I think, uh, I don't think Penix is going to be thrown for like 500 yards this game. I think both teams are better defensively than they were a year ago. This is going to be a pretty tuned up crowd. I just like the way Oregon's offensive line can establish itself. I think it travels well. I, I think as long as they don't uh, shoot themselves in the foot with false start penalty. That's going to be key for the Ducks. Like if if they yeah. if they can limit their penalties, this is a, turn, a team that doesn't turn the ball over. They have one turnover all year. They have the best turnover margin in football. Limit those errors. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. You are a deeper football team than Washington is across the board. Michael Penix might be a better quarterback than Bo Nix, but that's like one of the few advantages that I think that they truly have. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will point to the receivers just because Washington has, like, a trio of, like, really good... Oregon's got great receivers. Like, yeah. it's... I, I think these... Part of it's
1: optics of how much they're throwing. They're great. They're yeah. going to NFL guys, but they also throw the ball At,
0: a lot. You know how in um, the Jurassic Park movies... In the first one, like the the scariest dinosaur was the T Rex, mm-hmm. and like as it should be, like the T Rex is a, a killing machine. It's right. perfectly good at what it does. And then like the sequels come, and then they have to like have like some form of like bigger T Rex.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Penix kind of feels like that bigger T Rex. Like like he does all the things that like Bo Nix does like well, but he's just a little bit better out of him. But like the T Rex can still kill you. Yeah, you know he's the regular size T Rex. Yeah, yeah, the regular size T Rex, and and like under the right situation. I get them. You know, that's wow.
1: what I, I did. You practice that one in the mirror. No, morning? no, this is, this is just, it, off it just,
0: just, just came into the dome.
1: Wow. Well, you <laughs> 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 Didn't leave me much to work with here. Yeah. No, but, but it's, but it's just, it's yeah. like,
0: it's like an a plus offense versus like an a offense. Like they're both yeah. very good at what they do.
1: I, I, well, and Oregon's better in some ways. Again, yeah. Um, p- penalties interesting too, because for as bad as Oregon's been, uh, Washington's been worse. I don't remember the exact number, but they are one of the most penalized team in the nation. They are particularly susceptible to pass interference calls. They've gotten one in all of their games so far this season, <laughs> multiple in some.
0: Interesting.
1: So I do wonder how that plays out. I don't know if that's going to be a deciding factor, but I do know what I think my deciding factor is going to be. And I just think Oregon's... Couldn't punch them in the fucking mouth. <laughs> I really do. I I don't I don't you like, sitting... like
0: you think like Justin J- Justin Jacobs is gonna come out there like first play and just like Justin. Furrow I don't guys. know
1: how he's gonna come back for this game. I don't know. That seems like an aggressive first game to come back for. Yeah. Anyways, um, I don't like that we're sitting here on like a podcast that covers Oregon and Oregon is like a road underdog, and we're both like, yeah, Oregon. But I. I just have a sort of feeling, and it's not an overwhelming one because I don't think either one of us is going to walk out of Husky Stadium remotely surprised if Washington wins.
0: Yeah, I, I think ultimately for much of that game last year, I thought Oregon looked like the better team until yeah. they kind of didn't finish the game. And that's something that you're writing about later this week is about Oregon finishing the games. And I just think, again, and this is going back to something that we've talked about a lot I think of all, all the teams Oregon addressed its biggest need in the offseason and that's they upgraded the defense and they upgraded the pass rush specifically if Michael Penix does if Michael Penix has time Washington's going to win Oregon has 18 sacks this year they had 18 sacks last year like there's a big difference and as long as Dorles is playing as long as Jordan Birch is playing as long as Popo is playing like they're getting pushed that they weren't last year and I think that's going to be the biggest biggest factor for the Ducks 37, 27. Oh, you're going for the full 10 pointer. Okay. I
1: I think if it doesn't end in double digits, I think there's a really good chance that Oregon is able to play a sort of keep away and just kind of grind Washington down and able to get up 10 plus points. Now, that being said, with how quick striking Washington's offense is, you know, it's like a covering a spread type of deal. Like they might have a late touchdown, but I do think there's a world in which. Oregon can just control this game in a way that they couldn't last year and they don't they don't even let it get to a shootout it's, like they did last year.
0: It's crazy having this important of a game and having both quarterbacks be so experienced too. Like this is like they're going to know how to handle this. Yeah. So it, it should be fun.
1: Where does this uh rank for you among the the big big Oregon games of late? Ah,
0: man, that's a good question. I think the biggest one recently was Ohio State. Yep. That was that was a doozy too because those ones early in the season, like you have the whole off season to talk about. There's more riding on this game, so this game's bigger than that one. Man, you're gonna have to maybe go back to. I don't know if I've covered a game this big. Really? Yeah.
1: That's surprising. Well, well, because yeah,
0: but you know, the 2014 season, they. They didn't have like that one like big opponent like in the Pac-12 schedule that they had to get through. They had an early loss against Arizona, and then they beat everybody else right. by like thirty points a game. And even in the Pac-12 championship game, it wasn't like so much was riding on us. Right. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, we you know we've all kind of we kind of know the like the peaks and valleys of the Crystal Ball years. And
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I was thinking because I mean. I have not covered near the volume you've covered, but I've been at some pretty big ones. And this is for sure the biggest one. I, I guess for me, like, yeah, Ohio State, I would think about just because everything about that game told you that the Oregon Ducks had no chance to right. win.
0: And then they did. I I am talking to Mike Bellotti tonight, so maybe I'll I'll push that one by him and see what, what he thinks, too. Um I think it would be a disservice for us to try to preview the Oregon State-UCLA game because, honestly, s- I don't we, have yeah. numbers. I don't have uh, takes. The, so, yeah. the, the only other thing that I want to hit, um, the Pac-12 men's basketball media poll came out today. They have Oregon at fourth. Feels probably about right. Yeah. I
1: Again, I just...
0: Also, or, Dana Altman continues to have the absolute worst luck with his f- incoming five stars. Uh, um, yeah. M- Mookie Cook is going to be... December, January, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, that add him to the list of Louis King, of Bull Bull. Yeah. That's of... a great
1: that's a story, honestly. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm not sure how much Mookie would have played given how deep they are. Early at least. But again, we know depth's important because look at last year everybody was yeah. on the you know, on the medical table early in the year. Um, yeah, I can't really get a feel, just the way that I can't really get a feel for Oregon State-UCLA, although I am excited for that game because UCLA had a really big win against Washington State and their defense looks really good. Um, I can't really get a feel for this Oregon team. In the last two years, I've thought that the piece has made sense and I was really high on them and I was wrong. <laughs> and this year, I'm not even going to do that. I'm just going to kind of sit back. And we, we We were talking separately. We were talking to Will Patterson, the men's basketball SID and like trying to get some sort of not picking his brain as but just like, what are you seeing? And he's like, yeah, they want to play fast. They got a lot of guards. But that, was, that's <laughs> that's
0: going to be the, har- the hardest thing to do these days is to be like to forecast a college basketball team because yeah. there's so few guys on the team and so many of those guys that can change rosters every year yeah. that like good luck.
1: Yeah. And again, to finish that point, he was like, I don't know, basically. Yeah. I mean, not his job to know, but,
0: I it's, mean, yeah. I I expect Enfald to be pretty good, but
1: yep, that's about the one thing you can if he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, he, apparently he's been hurt again this offseason. Yeah, um, I'm hearing good things about Jackson Sholstad. That's a that's a plus. I think Kuznard and Bartholomew will be improved. Okay. The thing for me though is I don't know. They don't really have any three fours. I mean, you know, maybe. Maybe KJ's that guy early, right? But he's a raw five-star freshman. Look at the roster; it just, it just they have good bigs, they have good guards, and it's like if they get one guy to pop from the three-four position, that's probably what they need. Yeah. I'm putting to sleep over here.
0: Yeah, a little bit. It's just, it's. I, I feel like it's just been, it's been a while since Oregon got lucky with a guy, and they kind of need it. Like I know. I know that's not, like, the most sound, like, this is what a coach needs to do. But, like, sometimes success can just come down to, like, the right guy hitting. And mm-hmm. I think I wrote a few months ago that I thought Shell's dad could ultimately be that guy for Oregon. But
1: I think you're probably right. He's probably the best candidate. But
0: also, it's, like, he's a freshman. Yeah. and we'll it, Yeah, I think about
1: even like guy like Pritchard when he was a freshman. I know that yeah. was a very different circumstance. But
0: um, Let's clean it up with this. I know you might be doing, like, just a day trip Saturday. But uh, what's your favorite thing in Seattle? Now that now that you've been here for a few years. Actually, having not gone to Washington for school, what are you what do you feel like you missed the most?
1: You know, I don't know if I could pinpoint good one. Good question, thing. Tyson. Thank you. It is a good yeah. question. Because you know, when I'm traveling, like a big part is like the food scene. And I'm so happy with the food scene here that when I go to Seattle, I'm not like blown away. There's some great spots that I have to try. I, I'm I like the sound. Like I just think it's so cool. I mean that's like yeah, you know that was probably the favorite just drawn
0: to the thing. water, man. Yeah, man. and we <laughs> have
1: water here, but it's it's just a we different we have kind water at
0: home. That's the vibe of like, like <laughs> no, 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 we have water at home. Right, like, yeah. that's the Willamette River is. Yeah,
1: no, it's it, it's a whole different. And there's there's reasons that I don't know if I'd want to live in Seattle right now, but I could totally see myself living there in the next few years. And it's a little bit, it's it's one step up in terms of just the magnitude of everything. It's yeah. just a little bit bigger and it 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 has that feel to it. And I'm I actually think it's kind of cool that this game is being played there. Yeah, I just think it's it's cool that this game specifically is being played in Seattle on that stage because I do think as 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 nice of an area for football as Eugene is, it's still not, you know, up there with the top landscapes across I, the nation. I I
0: wonder how much we because we just cover every game in Eugene, you kind of feel that that's because i mean there are certain college football environments that are in places that are in the middle of nowhere but like they seem big time just because they have that aura t- right. to and and, 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 and them. And Oregon so. is one of those, but also like we live here and i've been to 100 games in that stadium at this point now and like you get up there and it kind of just feels like your office. So
1: i need to get to some SEC games before i die.
0: Yeah. Well, luckily i think you probably got a few years so a few. Uh a few anything else that uh, we need to hit before signing off I don't think so i'm excited yeah. this should be a good one uh we're gonna have some pretty good coverage here the next few days at i-5 corridor.com would really appreciate if you're a free subscriber or just listener consider a paid subscription it, it helps us do this we're gonna we're gonna be racking up quite the hotel bill and gas bill the next couple of days mainly just me room service baby my hr department approves everything so there we go yeah uh, for tyson and shane